This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Welcome to Carbon Sessions. I'm Liki, one of your regular hosts. As we step into the festive holiday season, we've decided to revisit one of our most inspiring and thought-provoking episodes from the past. And today we are rebroadcasting the first part of a conversation that Ola Benji and Brian had with Josh Spodek, host of the award-winning The Sustainable Life podcast and a four-times TEDx speaker. Josh is not only a best-selling author, but also a professor at NYU, a leadership coach, and a passionate advocate for environmental stewardship. You'll hear Josh delve into his personal missions and projects that contribute to positive change in the world. He shares his experience of living off the grid in Manhattan. This truly unusual and radical endeavor even landed him a segment on The Daily Show last November. This episode was originally aired in 2022, and it feels particularly relevant during this time of reflection and hope. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into this enlightening conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Tormey, and I'm here with Joshua Spodek, PhD, MBA, and host of the award-winning This Sustainable Life podcast, and a four-time TEDx speaker, a best-selling author of Initiative, and the other book, Leadership Step-by-Step, a professor at NYU, published in The New Yorker, and an amazing leadership coach. And he is here with us to talk about his projects and mission that he's doing to help make a change in the world. And myself, as well as my co-host Olabanji, are very excited to chat with him. Olabanji, why don't you tell us a short bit about yourself and your engagement with the Carbon Almanac? Sure. Thank you. And thanks, Josh. It's good to talk to you today. Yeah, the Carbon Almanac is an initiative that empowers everyone to be able to have conversations about climate change. With the Carbon Almanac, what it does is you are suddenly empowered, right? You can go from zero to 100 by just reading the first chapter of the Almanac. It's a collection of truths, data, charts, and amazing stuff that allows you to understand, first of all, what climate change is all about, where we are at the world you know, right now, and what you can do to make a change. So it's an amazing tool. I'm a contributor in the Carbon Almanac. I podcast here with some of the amazing people, you know, Brian, Leaky, Jen, and some of the, you know, some of the best people in the world that I've ever met. So yeah, that's it for sure. 
Okay. Well, speaking of doing podcasts, let's dive into today's with our fabulous guest, Josh. So Josh, you know, thank you for joining us. We're really appreciative of your time. And I know, you know, one of the interesting things that's already arisen in our conversation this morning is in order to help conserve power, you were like, hey, let me, May, is it okay if I go off video? Because that's going to help me conserve power. Can you tell us a little bit why, you know, what brings that about? It's this, this journey you've been on for the last six months and our listeners and myself and Olabandi are excited to hear what you've been up to these past six months. Yeah, it's hard to, be, to figure out where to begin. I'll, I'll start at the end, but, but I'll note that there's a lot leading up to it. I didn't just decide to disconnect out of the blue. But six months ago, no, I have to go back to it. Do you mind if I take a, a bit of a longer story? Yeah, because, uh, please, tell us. If you had asked me 10, 15 years ago about the environment, I'd say, yeah, it sounds pretty serious and someone should do something about it. Of course, my personal actions wouldn't make a difference. And only governments and corporations can act on the scale that we need. But I have faith that, you know, people figure it out. Maybe I could work on some invention that might have some impact, but not much would make much of a difference. And I looked down one day at my garbage in my kitchen and realized I was producing a lot of garbage. I probably empty it at least once a week. And I thought, well, maybe I can't change the whole world, but I mean, this garbage, no one else can take responsibility for. I am the only one who can, and I feel responsible to. You know, it took me like six months to implement the following idea. I thought, I wonder if I could go for one week without buying any packaged food, because most of the garbage was from food packaging. And it took me six months to finally say, to go from analyzing and planning and thinking like, what do I do day one, day two, day three, to eventually just saying, look, I'm not going to die. I'll just start right now. And all these little questions of like, do I count food in my pantry? Can I eat that if it's packaged or not? And all these little things that like, once I actually started doing it, then I had to solve all these problems. And I thought that living in Manhattan with all these restaurants around that I'd be depriving myself. And instead I found that, well, it took me, I mean, I made it, I made it actually two and a half weeks before I bought my first packaged food which was surprisingly longer than I expected. I didn't know if I would make the week. And then over the next couple of months, I thought, you know, maybe I can't keep quite to zero for the whole time, but I'll do my best to, you know, get less packaging than I used to. And this led to getting a lot more fresh fruits and vegetables and getting from bulk, bring my own bags. And, you know, this was the first time in my life that I boiled dried beans on the stove which I'd never done before. So I'm not, I'm not proud that I made it to my 40s before doing that. But as I cooked more and more with more and more fresh stuff, I went from just having steamed vegetables all the time to making really good food. And I found that contrary to my expectations, I was spending less money. When I was in a hurry, I could make food faster. It tasted better. And I started doing workshops up in the Bronx and in food deserts to help bring farmer's markets to other places because I have easy access here. And it was just a pure positive in my life, not just a net positive. There were no downsides. I mean, except for that six months of really bland stuff, but that was kind of like my training. And I should also mention that that was eight, nine years ago. And along the way, I've emptied my garbage less and less. So my garbage today is, I'm just about three years on one load. And it, it, it feels, even that feels like a lot to me because it's less and less. So most of that is from two, two and a half years ago. And again, this is just pure improvement to my life that I would have thought would have been a loss. 
And as much as the physical change is meaningful, my impact is just one person, but the emotional and mental shift, that was the big thing. Because I started thinking, why did I think that this was going to be so awful? What else in my life have I come to believe through cultural whatever would be awful, but might also be awesome? So a couple of years later, I challenged myself to go for a year without flying. This was after watching a video where I learned that flying, the guy speaking was British. So he said flying London to LA and back was a year's worth of driving. And I thought, again, I can't fix the whole world, but I can take responsibility for my stuff. And I don't want to pollute the world. I know that people are going to be breathing in those fumes and people are displaced from their land to get that oil, building the plane, all the embedded pollution in that. And so I thought, I wonder if I could go for, you know, a week wouldn't be enough. I eventually settled on a year without flying. And again, same thing. I thought this was going to be the worst year of my life. I thought, you know, family, work, all these commitments, what am I going to do? And I just saw everything as it came. And that was 2016, and I haven't flown since. And the longer I go without flying, the more flying just, it's just wretched to me. It just sounds like a terrible idea, not just for the pollution, but for what it does to our cultures. Anyway, that led a while later to, oh yeah, I was reading this article on how much, much of the world doesn't refrigerate like we do. They ferment and have different food systems. And I looked at my fridge and I thought, that's my biggest source of pollution right now. And I started thinking, I wonder how long I could go without using the fridge. What would I do? Do I have to learn to ferment? And part of me, something in my mind said, that's that analyzing and planning that takes a long time. That, just do it. So before I could stop myself, I went over and unplugged the fridge. And the first time <laughs> I made it three months, then six and a half months. And now I'm in my second year. And I, I, now having made it a full calendar year, I'll probably, I may never plug the fridge in again. I'm not sure. And oh, wow. once my bills started coming down to my electric bill, there's 18 to $20 that I can't do anything about. That's just being connected. I guess I could completely just like tell Con Ed to close the account, but I haven't done that yet. But as my bill started getting to like a dollar, $2 a month for the power that I was using, I started thinking, and I put up a blog post this a couple of years ago. I wonder if I could get to zero. Could I go for one month without using any electrical power from the grid? And this is in Manhattan. And so I posted to my blog, can anyone help me? Does anyone know solar? I didn't know anything about solar. I mean, I knew what solar was and I have a PhD in physics, so I know power and energy and things like that, but I didn't practically know what devices I should buy and how do I connect them? And I, I live in a, a co-op building, it's a big building. So I know that the co-op isn't gonna let me install stuff. I, I get some light through the windows, so no one answered to my blog post, but I just started going online and I mean, Craigslist looking at what's used. And eventually I found out I should get a, a battery and a solar panel. And I got a portable solar panel and a portable battery because I can't do this stuff per permanently. And I just bought them from used and figured I'll try it out and figure out how it goes. And I'm not trying to solve all the world's problems. I'm just trying to experiment to see if I can go for a month without using the grid. So I guess one of them broke and had to get it fixed. But eventually on May 22nd, I had just made my stew with a pressure cooker powered from the battery, which was powered by the solar panel. And I was thinking, all right, I got some stew that lasts me a few days. I got 20% left on the battery. I wonder like next, what should I check? 
I don't really know how much power floor lamp is going to use. I don't really know how much my computer is going to use. And I start thinking maybe I should wait until the Con Ed bill rolls over, which is on the seventh of the month. And then I realized, oh, this is that thought that this is that analyzing and planning that always gets in the way. Just I know I'm not going to die. I know no one's going to get hurt. I'll find stuff out. This thought entered my mind. I guess I just started. So without any planning beyond just getting the, the panel and the battery, I just said, all right, I'll start now. And I really had no idea how I'd make it past when I ran out of the stew. I didn't know how, how I'd make it past a couple of days, but my goal was one month. And so now I'm in my sixth month. And I had no idea how I would do it. I'm ending up going up and down the stairs. It's 11 flights up to the roof and back. So I do that twice a day, maybe three or four days a week. Well, the past few days, it's been very rainy, so I haven't been able to do it for a while. And I'm just solving things as they come. And it's turning out as I kind of knew, but I knew intellectually, but didn't know until it actually happened. It was just fun. I'm getting in touch with the seasons and, and the sunlight and all sorts of things. And also, again, I, I should mention, I am doing it for myself because I would like to reduce my pollution. I don't want to hurt people. And I want to clarify here, there's change in the world, but there's my contribution. I know that the pollution I cause is going to hurt people and wildlife. So even if I can't change the world, I wouldn't want to hurt people, even if I can't change the world. But the bigger picture is that this is a leadership exercise. I don't believe that anyone can lead another person to live by values that they live the opposite of. And so how else can I learn to do stuff without doing it? I mean, I have to practice. So I'm learning a lot of what works and what doesn't work. You know, the big challenges of changing global culture is not, do people know enough of how carbon dioxide traps heat? That science is very interesting, but it's our emotions, our stories, our images, our, our role models, and that's culture. And giving people facts and numbers doesn't change that. Role models is a big thing. Knowing what leads people what leads people to say what I do doesn't matter when everyone knows that that's not the case? What leads people to say only governments and corporations can make a difference when we know that how to change governments is we have to act? That's like the finish line for government and corporation to act. How do we get there? That was a long answer. <laughs> but and, and, it, and it can branch in so many great ways because you've covered so much, but First off, thank you for doing all that leadership activity. And it seems that you're really an experimental learner, writer, leader, you know, trying to take your values and figure out how to live by them. You, you recently interviewed AJ Jacobs, another, I think, you know, famous experimental learner, writer, leader. And I liken some of the things I've seen in what you're doing to this other author, Gretchen Rubin has these four motivational tendencies that she writes about in habit formation. And she breaks the people into four groups or your tendencies into four groups. And, and I feel like you fall very squarely inside her questioner one, which is sort of like having questions about the world, but then like really being internally motivated. And I think I'm curious, you know, as you've been leading in these ways and sort of sharing your journey with so many people. Do you have stories and, and sort of experiences with other people that you've interacted with that 
they maybe they're not that questioner. They're not the person who's going to go just decide to unplug their fridge and see what happens or just decide, no, let's do it today. I'm going to stop using electricity today, even though my battery is at 20%. You know, they might be people who fall more into those other categories like obliger or upholder or even rebel using Gretchen's uh, construct. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.